Welcome to the Live, Learn, Repeat podcast. I am your host, Freddie J. And to make sense of that open, why don't you head over to Instagram or Twitter, check out Live, Learn, Freddie, and the video I put together for this show. All right. Think about this. We are one week away from the presidential election. The conventions were two months ago. In between... We've had fires that threatened to burn California into the Stone Age. Leaked taxes, which gave us a look into the fantasy world of our commander-in-chief and his financial house of cards empire. In the same time period, Donald Trump has caught and beat COVID-19, the coronavirus Just a few days ago, a huge story broke which unearthed more dirt on both Hunter Biden and his father, which at best shows filthy influence peddling and big tech censorship, and at worst shows everything from pedophilia to collusion with foreign corporate paymasters. Okay, what else? We've uh, reached a point where more Americans have filed for unemployment since the lockdown started in March. I believe the number is almost at 65 million, 64 million people. More people than actually cast a vote for Donald Trump. Oh, and by the way, record highs on the stock market. Oh, we'll see about that. One, two, three, go! I cannot make any sense of it. None. I am befuddled, mystified. It defies conventional wisdom. And that's why today's episode is called Conventional Wisdom. Now, I'm going to start at the end today. Wisdom is only gained through deep experience and by its nature in the latter stages of life and over time. Now, in theory, we should be there. We got two guys running for president who were grown men in the Nixon administration. But would you describe either of them as being wise of exuding knowledge, of bettering mankind, or imparting life lessons? Oh, hell no! Now, conventional wisdom is that our elected officials are public servants and that they work for you and me 
the bailouts, the lockdowns, Obamacare, or any other legislation that's come down from Washington, D.C. in the last decade. You feel like it's worked for you? The average guy? Conventional wisdom is that in some form or another, these two political parties represent the vast majority of Americans' viewpoints and ultimately have their best interests at heart. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Now the truth is, the two parties have merged into a single entity. There's essentially no difference between them. And I'm fairly certain that Frank Zappa was right. Politics is the entertainment branch of industry. They do more to entertain us than to serve us. Now, maybe when Frank first said that, it was about entertainment. But today, it's about goading us, dividing us, and keeping us at each other's throats. And at a time when we need effective policies and cogent leadership more than ever, government, at least the American government, seems to be crumbling under its own weight. But politics, especially identity politics, man, that is a booming business. It's never been better. And it's got our country by the short hairs. People are fired up. It's officially a movement. And with riots and the first shots already fired, some days I feel like the American culture war has already morphed into America's next civil war. And I can't imagine that anyone really wants that. Because if that happens, it ain't going to be hundreds of victims. It's going to be hundreds of thousands. Conventional wisdom says, united we stand, divided we fall. What are red and blue Americans united on today? Can you think of anything? In the political realm? Conventional wisdom says that in America... There is a peaceful transition of power every four years. And that our election process is sound. Can we count on either of those at this point? I'm the winner! Conventional wisdom says that on the eve of election day... We'll know who our next president is going to be. But between mail-in voting, the president's undermining of the process itself, and who knows what else is in the works, next Tuesday, we are more than likely going to go to bed not knowing who the next president of the United States is going to be.
conventional wisdom says that all things come to pass. And that's probably true. But this virus is rearing its ugly head again. And cities here in America, and around the world for that matter, are a hot minute away from locking down again. And the damage done from these lockdowns, both economic and human, will not be undone quickly. Government, business, health care, the institutions we rely on, have not and seemingly will not be fixing the problems anytime soon. And if the conventions are breaking down, the institutions failing, is it reasonable to expect that we're going to get wisdom? Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi. These are the folks we're looking towards for leadership, for wisdom. I am trying so desperately to see a way out of this. But I'm not going to lie. I've grown wildly pessimistic. So much so, I've put my money where my mouth is. For the first time in nearly three decades of investing, I've pulled all the cash I have out of the stock market. You dick! Whoa, 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 easy there, Spicoli. Settle down. With the exception of a retirement account, full disclosure, can't touch that thing for like, I don't know, 18 years or something anyway. Hey, bud, what's your problem? My problem is that I'm losing faith. And I think things could get really ugly. Now, hopefully I'm wrong. Conventional wisdom says that you campaign to the right and the left and the fringes but you're governed from the center, from the middle. And the middle definitely exists in this country. But let's be honest. There is not a two-party system. There's a one-party system. And as a result, the fringe factions have hijacked the political conversation in a sort of LARPing kind of illusion. And the reality is, the center that they serve loses, no matter what, no matter who gets into office, thanks to a level of crony capitalism, not free market capitalism, but crony capitalism, the likes of which this world has never seen before. I mean, I can prove it. We're not going to get another bailout before the election. And do you know on that last bailout, all but up, couple of senators approved the bill. What was it? The CARES Act, I think. But if I'm not mistaken, I got like 97 or 98 out of the 100 senators voted for it. That bill gave the Federal Reserve a blank check for half a trillion dollars, which they then leveraged into low interest or no interest loans of three or three and a half trillion dollars, which they then gave to the biggest banks 
and corporations in the history of the world. The wealthiest people in the history of the world. Companies and institutions that gave out massive executive bonuses and did huge stock buybacks with every last dollar that they, they laid their hands on and had nothing in reserve for a crisis like the one we're in right now. And the second it hit, they came with their hands out. And the American taxpayer just gave it to them. All your senators approved it. You? You got $1,200 five months ago. Small businesses through the PPP got, I think, a few hundred million much of which stalled in the hands of the Small Business Administration. Tens of thousands of small businesses have shuttered at this point. And experts estimate that about 60% of them are never coming back. Amazon, Walmart, Target, big banks... Never been better. And maybe that's why the stock market is at record highs. At least for now. Actually, it was a big loss today as I'm recording this episode. Conventional wisdom is that insider trading is illegal. But before COVID hit, Republican and Democratic members of Congress sold tranches of stocks including hotel and airline holdings. No prosecution, strangely enough. Because technically, it's not against the law. Oh, hell no! The conventional wisdom is that once we get bad orange men out of the White House, things will return to normal. But Trump isn't the problem. He's the symptom. And if you stop taking sides for five minutes, you'll see the one great thing that he's done for this country. He's exposed the system for exactly what it is. The game's rigged. Look, I voted for Barack Obama twice because, well, hope and change. I desperately hoped that America's first black president would put an end to our checkered past as it relates to racism, cronyism, and policies that have not allowed equal opportunity. And I knew we needed some change. But even after that first debate a few weeks ago when my, my response was, man, I don't know who won that shit show, but I know who lost. The American people. Turns out, that's nonsense. Because when I went back and looked at that more dignified time and I watched about half hour of the Mitt Romney-Barack Obama debate from 2012 when politics was a more... Civil discourse? Well, I'll let you listen. A few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. 
not al-Qaeda, you said Russia, in the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. Remember that? No? Well, I didn't either, to be quite honest with you. But here's what I do remember. Every serious, blue-check, liberal journalist in America lambasted Mitt Romney for claiming Russia was our biggest threat. And quite frankly, I was right there with them. You know, Cold War's over, buddy. But then, I had to listen to three full years of the most trumped-up nonsense, pardon the pun, about Russian election meddling, that even if everything they said was true and the Russians spent a couple of hundred grand on Facebook ads and bullshit posts and trolling, just ask yourself a simple question. Has a hateful Facebook post or some troll on Twitter ever changed your mind about anything? Especially something as important as who will lead this country? I doubt it. And if not, what makes you think it did for someone else? Russia. What they have done is the same effective thing that the 9-11 attacks and Osama bin Laden did. They got us to turn on each other and compromise our own values. The things that make this country so special. The things that allow people liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. Conventional wisdom is that the right to privacy is guaranteed in the American Bill of Rights, the Fourth Amendment. When I was a kid and the Cold War was in its death rattle, we made fun of the Soviet Union and East Germany for spying on its own people. Today, we've constructed the largest surveillance state in the history of the world. And now, because of this crony capitalism and government ineptitude, Americans are courting communist ideas again. And if it's not the government getting some bullshit FISA warrant, hell, there are a handful of tech companies that know more about you than you know about yourself. And in the New York Post, it said, uh, you know, here are some leaked emails from Hunter Biden. They claimed it came from a person who worked at a Mac shop, like an unofficial uh, Apple shop that repaired his computer and 90 days went by and then he went into the computer and then handed that over to Rudy Giuliani, who then posted some of those emails and personal photos uh, onto the New York Post website. 
Now, what happened? Twitter took it down. Twitter banned links out to the New York Post. Uh, that sounds severe, but in March 2019, they had an explicit policy. And what did that policy say? It said, very basically, you cannot link to hacked and leaked materials. Now, look, I don't know how much of this Hunter Biden China hard drive story is real and how much is just filthy politics. But I do know that Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and every other social media platform let people run with the flimsiest, no-evidence-based stories on Russiagate for three freaking years, unsourced, unproven, and highly, highly unlikely. Not to mention the story on the president's tax returns or all the different fappenings we've seen pictures of, whatever else TMZ or any other celebrity gossip rag puts out, all of which are obtained against people's, without people's permission. Not a peep from them. Spreads like wildfire. But this story, this is where they had to draw the line. Twitter. You know, make sure a free press was not allowed to disseminate information. Mm Mm-hmm. I see. You know, it's, it's so funny. First, they came for Alex Jones. And everyone was pretty much in broad agreement, with the exception of me, perhaps, not because I'm an Alex Jones fan, but because I'm a free speech absolutist. And what? It took about a year or so to spread to a 180-year-old newspaper. Being censored, the New York Post. Conventional wisdom says that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But here we are. Big tech censoring news organizations deciding what you and I can read and hear and say and what we can't. And people don't get it. Sure, First Amendment and freedom of speech is about the government shall make no law. But when these platforms, like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, are essentially public squares, there either needs to be a government-funded alternative, and let's be honest, does anyone really believe that The federal government is going to build a cutting-edge technology platform. Or there needs to be regulation. Where free speech and free expression are guaranteed. I'm sorry. Conventional wisdom says that once we get Donald Trump out of office, things can go back to normal. Go back to the way things were. But like what? Highest income disparity since the robber barons? Homelessness in cities at record highs next to million-dollar homes? Medical premiums that either 
crush the entrepreneurial spirit and small businesses or keep people locked into jobs that they don't want. Education costs that have left an entire generation so deep in a hole they may never own homes. That normal? There is no getting back to normal. A, because normal wasn't normal. And B, because if you can get over the blow to the illusion of what you thought politicians were and the nasty taste in your mouth, you'll see that Donald Trump pulled back the curtain and revealed the wizard. Before President Trump, no serious person uttered the term fake news. Even the term deep state was relegated to kooks and conspiracy theorists. But a Trump presidency exposed the ugly reality of our system. Be that the news media, the politics, how we treat whistleblowers, the nepotism, the corporate bailouts. The reality is, as more and more of this Hunter Biden story comes out, you realize Joe Biden is Donald Trump. And more than that, you can't unsee it. Any of it. And I dislike Trump too for what he's done to the office, for war crimes in Yemen, for the nepotism, for how he's destabilized the country tremendously by calling into question the nature of our electoral process. But not because of racism or Russia or any of the other bullshit reasons the mainstream media would have you believe. And let's be honest. If my team, and I criticize my team because I'm a liberal person, if my team, the Democrats, had offered even one bit of honest leadership, we wouldn't be here. Andrew Yang, Bernie Sanders, Tulsi Gabbard, any of them would have at the very least offered some new direction, offered some honest, principled leadership. And I can't know for sure, but I doubt any of them have peddled influence and dealt dirty like the Bidens did. But here we are, one week out, the battle lines have been drawn, red or blue, progressive or conservative. But the reality is what Frank Zappa called entertainment at the beginning of this podcast is about one good ride away 
from civil war. The reality is I have never voted for a Republican in my life. But the bullshit I've witnessed over the last decade and a half, I'll never cast another vote for a mainstream Democrat again. Not until they pass the torch. I'm done with them. I've tried really hard to retreat from politics in general. In fact, this is the first show I put out in two months. And the only reason is because I want to go on record. I don't believe the woke intersectional identity politics that the left Democrats are peddling will do anything but further divide Americans and ultimately fan the flames of division, creating more animosity, more resentment, and more chance at destabilizing the whole system. But I absolutely do not believe the polls, and I feel fairly certain that President Trump is going to win, if only because there are so many Americans like me who've been silenced by the mind virus that has found its way into our institutions. The fear that should you disagree with any of this uber-woke nonsense that you're a sexist or a racist or a bigot. I feel myself and others being radicalized and pushed to the right by what's happening on the left and in progressive circles. Now I'm going to vote on some local measures and props, but I would sooner pull the lever for Kanye West before I vote for either of these corrupt clowns. America's better than this, and Americans are better than this. And I'm optimistic that if given the opportunity to break this duopoly, or better yet, if people demanded an end to this two-party system that's really a one-party system, we would come out on the other side of this and be a better nation because of it. Conventional wisdom says that all good things come to an end. And maybe Republicans and Democrats ought to ask themselves if their bloodlust and yearning for power, their greed and certainty that they know better than even the people that they serve is worth ending the greatest experiment in self-governance in human history. Because that's what the past four years feels like to me. All right, sorry for such a downer episode, guys, but I just had to get it out of me before the election. Go over to my Instagram at LiveLearnFreddy, Twitter at LiveLearnFreddy, check out the website, LiveLearnRepeat.org, and I will see you on the other side of this madness. Stay safe, love one another, know that violence is never the answer, and live, learn, repeat. We'll see you next time. Yeah.